Next on BYUSN, BYU football takes the wrong country road in West Virginia and finds a 30-point loss. We're driving the wheel of accountability to determine where change needs to happen first. Plus, ESPN's Trevor Maddich back for another Maddich Monday to discuss how BYU can fix things, turn the page to Iowa State, and he recaps just how unique Taysom Hill is. Who in the Big 12 is pulling away with three weeks left in the regular season? And it's the first ball night of the season as men's hoops host Houston Christian. What are we expecting tonight in this season? Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Monday, November 6th. I am Spencer Linton. To my left sits a man who actually knows what Jaron Hall looks like, Jerem Jordan. So, Jaron was mistaken. Was it before the Utah game in 2021? Arizona State, I believe. Arizona State. <laughs> I get my Pac-12 wins mixed up. Uh, <laughs> There, there's a, a news station, I guess, MNSP News uh, in, in Minnesota, MSN, who tweeted out Jaron Hall warming up in a Kirk Cousins shirt before making his first start. Um, Come on. No, it's, it's not Jaron Hall. What is it with Jaron Hall being mistaken for people? Uh, Hunter Miller doing his job and grabbing this before it was deleted. Yeah, for like, the crowd coming in after yeah, it was deleted. Yeah. Thank L you, Hunter. Listen, mistakes are made. I tweet out stuff that I delete later, too. I'm like, oh, that's, that actually wasn't correct. i got to correct that or whatever. But it's like, your quarterback. It's happened a few times. It's the quarterback of a professional franchise. What are we doing? What Seriously, what are we doing? Yeah, bummer for Jaron. Played really well in the time he was in, and then he was got sharp. knocked out with a concussion. Mm -hmm. Josh Dobbs did a great job, so it's going to be hard to overtake that probably. Until maybe Nick Mullins is healthy. Who well, knows? Josh Dobbs probably doesn't know what Jaron's name is because he said yesterday, I don't even know anybody's name. I was yeah. just like, hey, you run this way. In the post-game interview, someone came up to Josh Dobbs. I didn't know who it was. And was like, nice job. And he's like, hey, brother. And like, he didn't know. Yeah, he didn't know. So, um, yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, if there's one guy that could probably get away with not knowing who Jaron is at this point, it's Josh It'd Dobbs because he just Dobbs, got there. that's it. But not, not your hometown you, Minneapolis media, station. Yeah, social media manager, MSN. Come on. Oh, uh, energy. Well, it's where it needs to be today because we've got a lot it's to talk about. It's only coming it's down from here. a lot to talk about. We need to start high. All rise and shout. Let's get to what's trending. It just shows you this conference isn't is, is easy. Time to, to regroup, time to get back, and uh, get home for this next game. What's trending? Presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Today, we bring out the Wheel of accountability. accountability. Yes. Who's getting the blame? There are 14 different items yep. that are on the wheel today, and we're going to spin it. One of these is just we go home. <laughs> we just leave and we're <laughs> Show's over. We're going to spin it and talk about all these things. Because, frankly, all 14 of these things on the wheel yeah. had a factor, or we believe were a factor, now, in what happened on Saturday night. Some of our audience may not understand the words you're saying. The Wheel of Accountability. Wheel. Of it's the also wheel. The why you're saying what, what, what? I watched Hot Rod in West Virginia. Nice. Very, very <laughs> well done. Well done. All right. Let's spin her. Let's, let's go. Let's spin the wheel. Let's okay. See what we're talking about here. All right. Oh, you're, going, you're just going a simple one. Well, I, yeah, it's calculated. Yeah. Okay. East Coast game. East Coast How game. How much of the blame and the fault of what happened on Saturday night 
just falls with BYU playing on the East Coast where they traditionally just don't play well. Well, I don't know about that. Um, in the Kleinstaki era, BYU was, I think, 9-6 and six on the in the Eastern time zone. It's not like BYU was above 500. Maybe it's just that West Virginia is a good team and it's Power 5 football and it's November and... It, it wasn't UMass. Uh, exactly. I know, I know that. No, East Coast. No. Not, I'm not, I, I mean, a lot of travel, but, like, this wasn't a close game. No. This was a 30 and it line. was a night game. If it were an East Coast yeah. afternoon game, I'd be more inclined to be like, yeah, that's tough. Yeah. Long trip, early turnaround. Yeah. No. This was a night game, and yes. apparently the Vampire Cougs had a little sunlight hangover. They were in the sun a little bit too long because they didn't show up against yeah, the Mountaineers. Not, no, did not show up. The stat's still good, though. Everyone, like, I, I saw one media member say, eh, time to hang that one up. It's like, well, BYU's, what, 21 Six, and 1 yeah. in the last 22? Like, 26 and it's 4. It's still pretty good. All right. Hey, spin, spin it again. again. No, e- I'm, East I'm Coast going, game is, I'm going long is this not one. at blame. We're hey, going. We're going. Big spin. In. Big money. Big money. Yeah, here we go. 500. <laughs> let's go. Okay, slowing down on injuries. Now, your pregame injury report was way too long for it's me. Brutal. I was like, Spence, wrap it up. As the former producer of that show, not just saying you've taken too long. And that was short. The guys on the list were too many. Yeah, yeah. It's it's brutal when you get to this part of the season, but we talked about BYU would probably end up here. Like, okay, like this is what happens in major college football, it especially happened. in Power 5 football. We did not expect a couple of guys on that list. How, how do you respond to this? But, I mean, Keaton Slovis, Darius Lassiter, Keanu Hill. Cody Epps went out early in the game, but he, he started yeah. and was making somewhat of an impact, and then he goes out, unfortunately. L.J. Martin was available but did not play. BYU's not deep enough to overcome this graphic. No, Jerem, the, the biggest issues players. for me on Saturday night as far as injuries go were on the lines. Paul Miley did not play at guard, and they tried to put Caleb Etienne in there. Caleb, Caleb Etienne, Etienne is not a guard. did not play great. He didn't understand the position. No. He was not in the right position. I mean, there were some just tough. some blatant, really, really poor missed assignments. That was, that's going to be a tough film room watch. Right? Yeah. So, BYU really missed Paul Miley a lot. And then on the defensive line, BYU's down Caden Haas. You're down John Nelson, who, according to Pro Football Focus, is BYU's highest-rated defensive lineman. Like, John Nelson didn't play. Again, Joe. John Henry Daly was not available. Yeah. They, they were down a bunch of guys up front. That, and it showed against one of the best offensive lines in the Big 12 from West Virginia. Injuries were a big deal in this. Huge they really deal. were. Uh, one of the biggest deals of the game. Next. Uh, all right, spin it again. So injuries absolutely take some of the blame yeah. on the wheel of accountability. Okay, we talked about the night. We talked about the, the night, night game. game. So no, it's it's, oh, it's not about the night game. But turnovers were huge. Jerem, BYU has thrived when they have figured out a way to turn the ball over. Yeah. Turn the other team over, I should say. Take and some takeaways. Yeah. It was BYU giving the ball away against West Virginia. Yeah, the Parker Kingston one is tough, right? Parker's a good player. That's two fumbles now where he's. Trying to make a play, and that was the longest pass play, uh, I think, of the game, right? 23-yarder and then trying to get upfield. I'm a big fan of Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett, when there's a group of three dudes coming right at him, like in the middle of the field, once he's got like a chunk play, he just goes down. He just – I'm not saying Parker should necessarily just give himself up, but after two fumbles like that, um, one of which is in that situation, you know, get, get into the contact, dive forward, get another yard or two, and then maybe we just move on, right? Especially in this game where that was right before the half. BYU could have gone in and got a touchdown. Maybe it feels just a yeah. little bit different. Yeah. I'm Hunter not saying Renfro. BYU wins the game, no. Spence, but just get yourself some mojo. Sure. Hunter Renfro is another smaller receiver yeah. in the league that does that. Get the first. And then just down. Get right? I, I, don't, I don't know. Minimizes the contact. Yeah. Okay, but turnovers. It felt like BYU, and to their credit, like 
in previous games where you've BYU's given it away, they've been able to like generate some type of momentum shifting play back on their side. But BYU never made that play. Not one time all night was the momentum shifted where it felt like, okay, BYU's got something going. Outside of maybe, Jerem, maybe when they got to midfield when they were down 7 nothing, They had something going, and then they decided to go fast, and then yeah. a block is missed blatantly on a fourth and two call, and you give the ball back to West and Virginia. And the kickoff return was cool, but you're down 24 nothing at that yeah, point. Yeah, that gets called back with this mysterious flag that was not on the field anywhere. I was looking they for the flag. The fact. I was looking for the flag. I'm like, on there's Isaiah no flag. Glasker. BYU it, was lined up to kick the extra point. It, that's way late. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's a bummer. So yeah. that, that could have been the play. To, yeah, that's a good point. The, the kickoff return could have done something. Yeah, something. Just because what I wanted from BYU, what I want in these in these games, BYU's going to lose. We th- I thought BYU would lose six regular season games. I did not want any game where BYU just got blown out. If one happened at Texas, that happens. Now it's been three consecutive road games. Now it's bad. Like It's, it's, uh, it's not what we expected from this team. And this team we felt was too talented to just – get worked against TCU, Texas, and West Virginia now, so that's tough. Turnovers, okay. Hey, you going turn. big spin? You going big spin? Oh, yeah, I'm only big spin. That's how we roll, man. Okay, we discussed injuries and so the, turnovers and East minutes. Coast and night games. What do we have next? How about the offensive, offensive line? line? What do you think? Yes, the offensive line is going to take some heat here. What can we say that we haven't said already here? Well, maybe we need to ask Trevor Maddich about that, and we will. He's yeah, and I, and we will. I can't break down old line play that well, but I know it's bad. I know it's really good when I see really good, and I know it's really sure. bad when I see really bad. Sure. Obviously, it's not great. It's terrible. Right you know now. what? We it's should listen. To, to watch. We should listen to Kalani Satake right now, and then discuss more after this. Yeah. I just felt like there was just too many, too many whiffs, and, and by that we were just unblocked guys and. Um, whether it's it's on run game or the pass pro, it wasn't good enough. Straight up, yeah. in the words of the head coach, it was not good enough. And yeah, clearly. Anytime yeah. you're saying whiffs, plural. Okay, I like I don't like my O lineman to be matadors, but that's what it felt like a couple times where I was like, "Are you avoiding the bull coming I, at you? Like, just not what's seeing going on anything? Here? Like, yeah, there were some tough moments for sure. Right, and that yeah. So the offensive line is. To blame. I, in this game. The, but who do you hold accountable there? Do you hold the, do you hold the coaching there accountable? Do you hold the players? Everybody. Everybody is held accountable. Injuries like, factor into this because you got guys in positions they're not usually playing in. Yes. But why isn't there a, a guard that's ready to go behind Waylon? Was it Waylon? Paul. Paul. Behind yeah. Paul. Why isn't there a guard ready to go? It's a good question. I, I'm, I'm confused. Why We can't just say, well, no one is ready. Why not? Why not? Yeah, Daryl Funk and his group certainly need to play better. Yeah. We felt like that was a really talented group coming into the season. Yeah. Jerem, we, they, thought, they we, thought it was, we thought it was maybe the best position group that BYU had. I didn't. The best. I thought they were deep, but that was obviously Aaron Rodgers. The last said, two years? No way. The last two years were awesome. Aaron, Amazing. Aaron Roderick, and again, receipts are flying in. Yeah. When he said in August, we have upgraded – at every single position on offense. And maybe quarterbacks a wash. Because you that, lost guy to the NFL. In, in, yeah, now that we've seen nine games, that there's did BYU upgrade in any position on offense? <sighs> My goodness. I would argue no. Well, this, y- the, yeah. this, this offense is – Is BYU better at quarterback struck. with Jaron Hall than they were with Jaron Hall or with Puka Nakua, wide receiver? 
Like the offensive line clearly doesn't touch what BYU's no offensive line did last year. What, well, and it's the whole offense, Spence. All elements of this offense you know what are I hate? not as good as last year. You know what I hate about this? And the, that's hard to swallow. The Barrington brothers leave for Baylor, and Baylor's having a terrible season. Like, how much would BYU benefit from having the Barrington brothers and their experience on this offensive line? I hate it. I don't know how to quantify that because they have. It's not like they're dominating at Baylor either. So I don't know. Yeah, tough scenario. Yeah. But yeah, uh, unfortunately, the offensive line has just BYU, un- underperformed, and they know it. BYU felt like it brought in talent and had good chemistry, but unfortunately, it hasn't uh, clicked for. This is not an attack on individuals within the offensive line. Either. Yes, it is. It's attack on all individuals. It's, it's, an, it's, it's, it's a <laughs> group thing. Love these people, but obviously need to play better, and they know it. We're not telling them anything they don't know. All right, next one. Okay, you're up. Spin the wheel. After the offensive line, we bring up officials. officials. Oh, the officiating. Oh, the officials I made am, this wheel. Okay. I, I am not blame the officials guy ever. But. However, it was so bad okay. early in the game that they, set, they set a tone. And like they just felt like, gosh, what can what can we do? Like the play, literally, I watched several players come over to the sideline and say, we, they're not letting us play. Like we, heck, they don't even let us play. Like Eddie and Jacob yes. after the first drive? Yes. Like what? They had I, the DPS, I didn't do right? anything. Yeah. So the two, and those were big calls, right? Big penalties yeah. that just guided West Virginia down the field, and they almost felt like they were gifted a little bit of a touchdown. Well, okay, continue. Okay, so that one hurts. Yeah. And then the kickoff return. Oh my gosh, that hurt. The the targeting penalties or the late hit on the quarterback, like multiple penalties where it's like, that was not that was not a yeah, late hit. Yeah, they review it, it comes back. It was not a late hit. It just so I'm not blaming the officials for losing BYU the game. BYU <laughs> did that on their own. When but, you lose by 30, you can't blame officials. But they can set a tone. Yep. And the tone sure. was tough early. BYU was very frustrated as a team early, and that's just another mental barrier you have to overcome. You get stopped on fourth down at 50-yard line. West Virginia goes down, scores. You're up, nothing to do with that you're up 14 to nothing, and it's like, okay, well, things are, are clearly against BYU, not going well for BYU. Execute and- on fourth and two, score a touchdown at 7-7. Officials are out of it, right? Like, I, I, don't, I don't think if that's uh, three and out that BYU wins this game. I certainly could have changed the beginning of Officials this. Officials can set a tone. But they're – sure. But they were not <laughs> – I, I just feel like BYU got absolutely they did. Worked, worked in this. They and that, did. And that there's no single entity. How was that pass interference? Yeah, I, I didn't like that one. I didn't like this one either. <laughs> how oh, was, was, that how was this pass interference? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't like those either. Oh, my gosh. And we're in the same league as West Virginia now, so we can't blame some other refs. You know what I mean? They're our refs as well. And then there were a couple of these where it was like, Hey, they went that, outside. That one's on Kingsley. They got just back. It's like, stay in your you position. don't touch them, just stay in your position. you're going to get called yeah. for the very odd offsides on the offense, right? Slash false start. Weird deal. I'm yeah. not blaming the game on officials, but they did set a tough tone early. BYU, BYU was very frustrated Massive early. issues that didn't help, I guess, is how to maybe summarize For that. sure. Okay. Your turn. Spin the deal. Let's go. The will, of, the will of the deal. The deal. <laughs> and uh, we land on Big 12 road games, Jeremy. Big 12 road games, dog. Okay, BYU's 0-4. And the average score is 39 to 13 right yep. now. Yep. BYU is not. It's not even 13, it. right? It's like 12 point something, right? 12.8. <laughs> I rounded up to be nice. Um, so at Kansas, BYU scores 27, gives up 38. But it's 11, 6, and 7 points now, and 13 points in back to back weeks. That's tough. In Big 12 play overall, 
there have been 205 pass attempts, three sacks. That from Cougar Stats. Um, yeah, it's just BYU is uh, really good at home, but really bad on the road. It's tough. Women's volleyball is kind of encountering this as well. Yeah. 11-0 at home, 4-5 and five on the road. Obviously, playing on the road is hard and in this league, and certainly the, some of those teams are pretty good. You look at Kansas, TCU, Texas, West Virginia, there's no gimmies in this league at all, e- even though West Virginia was picked to finish last. Uh, and, and so that's tough, man. It's tough to go out on the road and win. And Oklahoma State, I would argue, is the second-best team in the Big 12 right now, and that is the last remaining road game for BYU. So that is going to be a challenge as well. Oh, my goodness. Um, it, how, how does BYU turn the page after back-to-back blowout games? That, they haven't lost back-to-back games all season. Which is, to BYU's credit, this is, they've responded. This is a new kind of coming back home, Iowa State mental adversity, here. but they are coming home. The, we yeah. need the vampire cougs to show up more than ever before. Yes. For sure. Can I spin this one? You do it or we can, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, oh it's Jake, Jake Retzloff. The slow spin. Jake Retzloff in no way, shape, or form is the reason that BYU lost this game. I was very encouraged by what I saw. Not at all. Retzloff. Like, what, what more do you want from a guy making his first start on the road in that environment with no in that game. situation, with a banged-up offensive line that's whiffing, with, in the words of his head coach, whiffing on multiple blocks. Three of your top five receivers out. What, okay, what, okay. What what'd you, what'd you like from his performance? I love that he just didn't seem – the moment was not too big for him. Which is pretty good for him. Like you're, He was ready to play. Juco dude, haven't played yet. He looked like no, he had been he, the starter all year. He was in command of the offense, Jim. Yeah. He knew like, what like he that. was doing. I like that moxie. And I like the pace that he plays with. I love that he can set up BYU in some third and shorts because he can scramble around and, like, get some yards and yeah. do some things. Yeah. Um, so I know he was excited about the opportunity to play, but he was at the forefront of just disappointment that the offense didn't do their thing. Like he, he and, and he's going to feel responsible as yes. the quarterback for all elements. It, of this it. is not on Jake Retzloff. Let's hear from BYU's quarterback from Saturday night. You know, happy we didn't leave a zero on the board at least. Uh, but I think there's, you know, a lot of, a lot of highs, a lot of lows. I think, like I said, it, it's hard to, you know, know what, how I did sit standing right here in front of you. Um, you know, I, I think, I did a good job protecting the ball, but other than that, I mean, we're gonna go watch the tape and we gotta figure some things out so we can execute better come next Saturday. Amen to that. He did take care of the ball. He did two things that I really liked. One, he got the ball out quick. He got the ball out quick. He's got this kind of shortstop sidearm deal going. Unfortunately, his mechanics in some moments failed him in longer throws. Yeah, across the field. Across the field. But also that he rushed the ran the ball. In the future, I don't see a time where BYU won't have a mobile quarterback. Uh, talking next year and beyond. That really set up BYU in some third and shorts that we weren't used to, and that was great. Now BYU needs to execute on some yes. third and shorts. But I, I do feel like that I was need, nice. I do feel like I need to say this. Keaton Slovis has taken a lot of blame. It's not on Keaton Slovis either. No. To me, all of this starts with the O-line, yes. frankly. Yes. Like, if the O-line is effective, now you can look at the run game slash quarterback a little more. Um, but, yeah, quarterback's got to play well. And I thought Jake Retzoff played his – about as well as you could hope for in a guy in that yeah. situation. Yeah, and it, listen, everybody involved with the offensive line, like it's on. It's not just one player, or one coach. It's everyone. It's coaching players. It's a collective unit. Yeah, it's on. And Aaron they Roderick know it. It's the play caller. It's they on. They know it. Everybody. But it is. Yeah. It's like 
it's not on Keaton Slovis either. All right, our mailbag Monday. You asked questions and you asked a lot <laughs> after the game. Hey, on fire or dumpster weekend. fire? That's Ooh. how that's how it goes. Okay, we're going to answer some of these on the show at Dal Smithy on X answer asks rather, which was worse, the TCU loss or the West Virginia loss? I say the West Virginia loss because it never felt. It never felt the whole time I was there, like. BYU even had an inkling of hope. At, at least I felt that for a minute at TCU when BYU had created some turnovers, like they'd given up an early touchdown, but they got a pick, and like Eddie Hecker made a play, and it was like, okay, maybe here we go. At least BYU was within, I don't know, 16, had scored in the first half and were within 16 points at halftime or something like that, whatever it was. Yeah. It, that was not the case at West Virginia. Like, it we, felt like the game was over at 21 nothing. We had not seen a, a uh, performance at TCU quite yet in a loss like that, and now we've had three of those um, where you're just not moving the ball, not scoring, and getting blown out. So, uh, West Virginia, because it seems like there's a lot of negative momentum right now given the last two games and three of the last four. So, I'm going to say West Virginia. Yeah, I mean, the TCU loss was bad for sure. But, I mean, BYU being shut out 27-0 at halftime. I love your question, and I hate it. Yeah. So, thank you. Hashtag BYU is on X, Facebook, and Instagram. Coordinator's Corner is at 2 Eastern time with Jay Hill and Kelly Pinga coming on the show, talking about what happened Saturday, looking ahead to Iowa State. Big game. One more for bowl eligibility. Come on, baby! It's on the BYU TV app at 2 Eastern. Up next, it's time for Maddich Monday. Here's a guy who's had some strong opinions all season, specifically about the offensive line. Spending this one more time. Like Where does he have the will of accountability going? This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. That's not our football. That's not us, and that's disappointing. There's there's blame to be held on everybody: coaches, players, staff, everybody. We are live at Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Let's roll out another Maddich Monday with ESPN College Football Insider and Analyst Trevor Maddich. He is a national champion of college football. Trevor, welcome back to the show. I wish it were under different pretenses when it comes to how BYU performed against West Virginia, but the tape is out. Another 30-point loss, another head-scratching, lackluster performance on the road. So where do you begin to try and fix this thing after what you saw on Saturday night? You know, there, there are things that that can't be fixed. They just have to sort of be fought through as best as possible. You know, this was a perfect storm in a lot of ways. They had a, a physical game the week before at Texas, and now they go to play at West Virginia in a night game that uh, against a physical team that's on the rise and has beaten uh, a bunch of good teams and has given a bunch of others scares. So this West Virginia team is no joke. And BYU was very banged up on both sides, and it was just a tough place to be. So the first thing they need to do, and they've been here before and they've done well at it, the first thing they need to do is make sure to stay together as a team. You don't want fingers to be pointed. You don't want this thing to be fractured. BYU has a bright future, medium and long-term in this league. The next three weeks, they've got three extraordinarily difficult games coming up. And the most important thing for them to do is to make sure that they remain a team, that they remain committed to each other, that they have each other's backs. Then they'll do the best they can to play the best they can. But in the, in the, 
longer term for BYU, the most important thing they can do is stay together. When BYU plays well at Arkansas, at home against Texas Tech, at home against Cincinnati, certainly we're talking about two of those three being on uh, at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. BYU is on four in Big 12 play on the road. Certainly at Oklahoma State, it's going to be tough, especially the way they played against the Sooners in the win. Is being home enough to feel confident that BYU will bounce back and get a win Saturday against a pretty good Iowa State team? Or are there bigger issues that may seep into home and night game? Well, I think being home will be huge because their fans are going to support. Their fans are going to have their back, and that that energy is something that this team needs right now. Will it be enough to win? No. The, the problem is that Iowa State is a team that has won in the Big 12 for decades in the same way that BYU has won and needs to win now in their first year in the Big 12, and that is in the margins. In other words, they need to get the hidden yards in – in special teams. They need to have fewer penalties, fewer mistakes in alignment, assignment, technique. They need to get that extra yard or two from the ball carriers. They need to make sure the opposing ball carriers are tackled securely so they can't get those extra yard or two. They have the fewest penalties. This is what this is what Iowa State does as, as well or better than anybody in the country. And when BYU is at their best, it's what BYU does as well or better than anyone in the country. So this is a fair fight against styles that are very similar from a standpoint of how they've achieved success in recent years, especially. And so, you know, BYU is going to have to tighten down those things because they've got enough injuries that they're not going to be able to go out and just out-athlete Iowa State. Iowa State and BYU are the two, the last two, the bottom two offenses in the Big 12 in terms of yards per game. But Iowa State is the top defense in the Big 12 in terms of yards per game. So BYU is going to need to win this game with brotherhood, with camaraderie, and with execution. And the fans are going to help them get the energy. Trevor, when I was watching the game in Morgantown, and I'm 100% not blame the officials guy, but it kind of felt like the first few drives just set a really negative tone against BYU with the way that the calls were going and BYU never really responded. Again, I'm not going to blame the officials, but is there an element to that? And if, if it happens, how does BYU overcome something like that when the calls are not going your way early in the game in a hostile environment and you find yourself down all of a sudden 14 zip? It can be deflating. And I agree with you that the officials weren't the problem here, but there were a couple of plays that I just shook my head. The two uh, plays that were called against BYU defenders for late hits against a sliding quarterback, those were, in my opinion, horrifically bad calls because the quarterback ran right up to the defender both times and then slid underneath them, basically. The defender didn't launch into the quarterback either time. He didn't, he didn't go to hit the quarterback. He pulled the punch. He, he kind of you know, leaned into him a little bit, but he was pulling the punch so he wouldn't fire into him when he saw and make a hit when he saw that the quarterback started to slide right in front of him. And I think the officials would have done a whole lot better to have identified the fact that the BYU player didn't try to make a hit. He tried to pull the hit when the quarterback got right on top of him. Cause the truth of it is if I'm a quarterback now in college football, I'm doing that every time I'm running right up to a defender. And when he comes up to lay one into me, I'm starting to slide because I'm going to get another, you know, 15 on top of that. And so I, I thought that was poor. But the thing is, if you're committing penalties, and BYU had 10 of them in this game, if you're committing penalties and they're being flagged, 
that's on you. But when you feel like there are some key penalties at key moments that shouldn't have been called, and there were a couple of those that I think shouldn't have been called in that kind of an environment, it's deflating, especially when you realize that you're kind of out of people to be able to overcome, uh, you know, negative plays that, that happen because of penalties. And so you realize it's going to be hard to overcome that. And that's part of the problem, I think, up there in West Virginia. BYU kind of ran out of people because of injury. Jake Kretzloff made his first start at quarterback, going 24-42 for 210 yards and uh, rushing 10 times for 26 yards. What did you make of his first start? I thought he was great. I thought he he was fearless. That's probably the biggest thing. He seemed to know what he was looking at. He didn't seem rattled. That's important, especially on a, in a place where getting rattled is kind of easy to do. Lots of very good players and very good teams tend to get rattled at night in West Virginia. And he seemed to have everything, you know, wired relatively tight. And that's really good for his first start at this level. I was impressed with that. It was good that he was able to run around because you kind of need to be able to run around with the pass protection that BYU has been getting for the last couple of years um, at times. Now, normally BYU has been good in pass protection. They've kind of not been good the last two weeks, and that's been a real problem for quarterbacks. And so the fact that he's been able to, to run around, especially in this particular game, has been really important. Trevor, we've been toying with the wheel of accountability, looking at all of the reasons that things went wrong in Morgantown and why BYU lost by 30 again. Where does your accountability start if you are looking to not point a finger but just kind of explain where it needs to change and, and who needs to be held accountable first before we start looking at everything else? Let me say, let me say it this way. The people that need to be held accountable need to stand up and put their hand in the air and take accountability. Because right now there's a lot of, of finger pointing from the fans. And they're pointing out, and we've talked a, a lot about the offensive line. We've talked a lot about play calling and things like that. There are things that, that can't be helped, the injuries. BYU has improved their depth um, and over the course of the last couple of years in anticipation of getting into the Big 12, but there's still not enough, and they still have had a whole lot of injuries even beyond that. I think there are some people that would do well to stand up and say, it's me. That's what needs to happen. It wouldn't do well for me to point a finger at somebody. I can say overall that this was a season more than any in recent memory where the running game needed to step up and fix a lot of problems. And the running game is the worst in the country. It's, you know, statistically one of the worst. I haven't looked this week, but certainly it's, I mean, why they even call a play that's a running play on a fourth and two, or that could be a running play on an RPO kind of a thing uh, is, is beyond me because the, the rushing attack can't, function it doesn't function at all and there needs to be accountability there but i'm waiting for people to stand up and and take accountability is what i'm doing uh, but that's where it starts if you can't run the ball then you have to be an elite passing team byu has the potential to be a very good passing team even without running the ball if everybody's healthy byu is a a, a very good passing team but without that running game in the big 12 they're one-dimensional and they're in trouble and accountability needs to it needs to start with people to volunteer their accountability rather than have somebody else drag them out. Mm. 
The good news is BYU is fifth worst in yards per uh, game rushing and eighth in yards per carry. So not the worst. That is the good news of the day. Um, oh, let's, not the, yeah, good. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey let's go. Uh, let's talk about some of the NFL guys. Uh, notably, Taysom Hill becomes the first player since 1964. Frank Gifford, Monday Night Football, watching that growing up, uh, with 10 passing, 10 rushing, 10 receiving touchdowns in a career. How would you summarize uh, what he's done as an NFL player and continues to do? unique i mean it, it's absolutely unique especially in this age of specialization where you've got kids you know in the seventh grade up and even earlier than that their parents hire football coaches for them they hire position coaches for them so they can learn how to be what they're going to be and they they tend to really excel some of these kids from the very beginning because that's what they focus on and their people are being paid to teach them how to do it versatility kind of goes out the window and I am, uh, you know, the fact that Taysom is so versatile is great, but I'm impressed with the Saints, that they were uh, had the foresight to understand that they had a unique weapon here, and that if they tried to plug him in as a quarterback or plug him in as a tight end or plug him in as an H-back or whatever they wanted to do, he would be good at any of those positions. But to have him do all of those things in situations gives the Saints an edge over the defense. And that's where he... Um, the, the, the Saints were able to use him that way. And so I love it that they gave him the opportunity to excel at what he's best at, which is to do a whole lot of things at a very high level. And the way that he represents the, the team, the league, and BYU with his joyfulness in the game, I think is wonderful. Because when you watch Taysom Hill play, you can't help but have a smile on your face because you know he's playing with a smile because he loves it so much, just like that little kid. All right, let's stay with the quarterback theme in the NFL. And I know BYU fans were very interested to see what Jaron Hall did. Unfortunately, he leaves early in the game because of that concussion. But Trevor, up to that point, he looked pretty sharp. What would you think of the little bit that you saw from Jaron Hall in his first NFL start? He, he was decisive. I mean, he completed five of his, his six passes. He had a couple of nice runs. He was moving the team. Uh, it's really unfortunate that he got hurt because he was the start would give you, um, I don't want to say hope, I want to say expectation that he could continue to grow. He could continue to move the team, continue to do great things. Now I don't know what's going to happen because Josh Dobbs came in literally, you know, without having a practice snap and <laughs> did a lot of really good things and led them to that win. So I don't know, I don't know what the Vikings are going to do going forward. I do know that in his first opportunity that Jaron did everything he could with the opportunities that he had, he was very efficient. He was a leader and he moved the team. When you move the team, the team believes in you. Love that. Trevor, we appreciate you always calling it how it is, whether we're talking BYU and their struggles or we're talking BYU guys in the NFL. Not Great. the worst in the country. <laughs> so we, hey. Listen, the BYU's players are playing as hard as they, as they know how to play. You know, I want to I be very careful as a former player here. They're playing as hard as they know how to play. Yeah, and uh, you can only do so much when, uh, when certain things are not in place. Trevor, again, we appreciate the time. Uh, I wish you many bowls of candy corn as we all try and get through this Boo. week and <laughs> get to something better against Iowa State. Oh, at least there's some hope. Halloween is just 362 <laughs> candy corn shopping days away. Thanks, Trevor. Uh, ESPN's Trevor Maddich. The, the run game didn't get me in a bad mood, but now the candy corn. I'm like, oh, candy corn? <laughs> Man, 
that's uh, performing as well as the run game right now. Just get better. Let's go. Okay, men's basketball season starts tonight. Let's go. Houston Christian. Used to be called Houston Baptist. The Huskies in town. Looks like UConn. It's Houston. HCU. Yeah, baby. 8 Eastern time. We got pregame on BYU TV and BYU Radio. The game is on ESPN+. It's Selection Monday for BYU women's soccer. So with the loss to Texas in the Big 12 tournament, does BYU have enough to still get a number one seed? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back to Studio B. I'm Spencer. He is Jerem. Let's roll out your Monday headlines. BYU football loses at West Virginia 37 7, 277 yards of total offense, allowed 336 rushing yards. Cougars now 5 4 in the season, 2 4 in Big 12 play. Mountaineers led 37 0, and Robbins scored his first rushing touchdown of the season late in the fourth. One touchdown in the last 10 quarters. Not good. BYU hosts Iowa State Saturday night, pregame 8 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. We expect to know the BYU Oklahoma time and TV later today. Come on, night game. Cougars in the NFL part one. Jaron Hall got the start for the Minnesota Vikings. Five of six, 78 yards passing, rushed twice for 11 yards, but left early with an unfortunate concussion. Hope he's back and available soon. Tyler Algier, 12 carries, 39 yards and a touchdown, and a Falcons 31-24 loss to Jaron Hall and Kyrus Tolman's Vikings. Taysom Hill at 11 carries, 52 yards on the ground, four catches, 13 yards, a touchdown, threw a three-yard touchdown pass as well. First player with 10 passing, rushing, and receiving touchdowns in an NFL career since Frank Gifford did it in 1964. Nice. Jamal Williams, also for the Saints. Six rushes. Six receiving yards for the Saints in a 24-17 win over the Chicago Bears. Puka Nakua, three catches for 32 yards for the Rams in a 20-3 loss to the Packers. Puka broke the Rams' all-time record for receptions by a rookie in a season for the Rams. Kyle Van Noy, he was giving it to my Seahawks. Two Ooh. sacks, forced fumble on the Ravens' 37-3 win. It was tough to watch. Siona Takitaki, three tackles, pass breakup, had a pick in a Browns 27-0 win over the Cardinals. Takey, takey. <laughs> yes, thank you, Berman. <laughs> and Zach Wilson in the Jets host Michael Davis in the Chargers on Monday Night Football tonight. BYU men's basketball in their season opener tonight. Hey. Heavy favorites against Houston Christian, 9 Eastern. You can watch it on Big 12 now on ESPN+. Pre-game coverage begins at 8 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Number seven, women's soccer loses. Oh, just the second loss of the season. 3-1 to Texas in the Big 12 championship game. It was tied 1-1 at halftime. Brecken Mozingo had a goal late in the first half. Four BYU players were named to the all-Big 12 tournament team. Kendall Peterson, Olivia Wade-Katoa, Brecken Mozingo, and Ellie Walbrook. The NCAA Women's Soccer Selection Show is this afternoon or Eastern on NCAA.com. If RPI matters as much as they say they do, give them a one seed. They don't, then we just They're garbage. Yes, it is garbage. RPI is garbage, Gosh. regardless. Lauren Gustin, one of 50 players on the Naismith Women's College Player of the Year Award watch list. Somehow she's not a preseason all-conference player, I but know. she's on the National Player of the Year preseason list. 16.7 rebounds a game last year, 27 double-doubles. And uh, hey, you know, she's, she's an incredible player. She's more... She has so much on her shoulder. The chip on her shoulder is so huge right now. She I needs, love it. She needs to see I love it. Number 12 women's volleyball swept Cincinnati on back-to-back -back nights. Friday and Saturday moved to 20-5 on the season, 9-4 in the Big 12. Aaron Livingston, 19 kills in Whoa. each match. That's in three sets, by the way. Gray gets to 20 wins for a 12th straight season. 
Those are today's headlines. Now we whip it. The Kruger Whip Round presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Call your shot. What seed will women's soccer get this afternoon? A two seed, and I'm going to hate every second of it. It's going to be a one seed. I hope it's a one seed. Me, they have earned a one seed. They absolutely have. 16, 2, and 3, RPI number 2. Runner up to Texas, who's a good team as well. No, basically, BYU, basically playing on their home field. I believe BYU will be a one seed. If they're not, they'll host at least three games if they keep winning. If they're a one seed, they could host up to four. Give them home. a one seed. They have earned and deserve a one seed, but I just have this sneaky suspicion that somehow they're going to end up on the two seed line. You going cougar board conspiracy here? They always give us the business. Uh, no, not so much. I just they didn't play particularly particularly well in the last game that the committee watched BYU in, and so it's like, yeah, uh, they should have won the tournament, and then they'd be a one seed. Resume is really good, though. And guess what? BYU's not in the WCC. They're playing the, uh, Quality wins all over the map. All over the place. RPIs uh, reflect that. Give them a one seed. What are your expectations for BYU men's basketball tonight in their season opener against Houston Christian? Big win. Uh, BYU favored by 30-plus in Vegas. I don't expect a 30-point win. I do expect a 20-plus point win. TBD as to whether Dallin Hall is going to play tonight. I don't think he's going to play. We know Dawson Baker's out for a while. And so, uh, yeah, hopefully BYU gets a nice start. And then, hey, San Diego State, national runner-up. Dallin doesn't need to play. He doesn't need to play. Get right for San Diego State on Friday night. Uh, so, no, I, what I'm expecting, I'm expecting to not see Dallin Hall. And as you mentioned, Dawson Baker going to be out for a little while. But I expect BYU to shoot the ball from three better than they did last week. I want like, 43 attempts tonight. I don't even care how many go in. I just want to see 43. Like, BYU shoot 33%? Like, they yeah. can do better than that. Yeah. I want 35-plus percent tonight from the three-point line. Let's go. You're better than that. You're better shooters than that. You You're better it. than that. You can do it. After You can do it. After further review. Lot to reveal. 7 Eastern tomorrow on the BYU TV app. All right, we'll recap the weekend in the Big 12 Roundup. Yeah. Another wild weekend, besides the BYU's game in West Virginia. <laughs> and prop picks after the break. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Station. We are live in Studio B, back to the big screen for the Big 12 Roundup and our prop pick recap. All right, Jerem, start us off. Actually, you know, I'm going to lead out. It's such a fun weekend. I'm, I'm, I'm going to lead. I'm going to lead out. Thank you. Entering the weekend, by the way, we each had one point for correctly picking Texas Tech to cover against TCU. The Red yeah, Raiders picked, beat the Horned Frogs. We picked the Fighting uh, Possums. Okay. So every game this week in the Big 12 is decided by seven points or fewer, except for the BYU-West Virginia game. Yeah. So now you will start us off. Houston and Baylor. Houston goes for two and OT. The first one, you know, didn't have to. Donovan Smith runs it in. They win on the road where Baylor's really struggled at home this year, 25-24. We both had Baylor covering this one. Nip. Oh, man. Houston, after getting blanked the week before, to go on the road and win a game against the Bears. Nice. 23rd ranked Kansas State at number seven, Texas. Kansas, or sorry, Texas led this game. I, I turned off the TV because I was getting ready to go to what the to Morgantown. You like had a job to do. It was 27 to seven. Kansas State roars back, gets down to the four yard line late in the fourth, or, or sorry, in OT, and then doesn't punch it in. They go for it. No, Will Howard to barely go for it gets the pass off. Kansas State does cover, so I get it in this, but I had Kansas State outright winning this, and they had it, man. Kick they the field it. goal on the road. Texas's offense had no momentum. Or just score a touchdown. Just score a touchdown and win. Uh, Oklahoma, six-point favorite on the road against Oklahoma State. 
you had Oklahoma. I had Oklahoma State to super pick. I really felt like the Cowboys were going to show up, and they did. They got the outright win in this one, 27-24, in perhaps the last bedlam ever. Listen, they're in the driver's seat to get to a Big 12 championship game now. They will do it, Spence. They have three of the four new teams that have struggled in the Big 12, including BYU. I believe Oklahoma State is already going to Ar Arlington. Wow. Or Ireland. Expect to see Texas and Oklahoma State in the Big 12 championship game. It's, yeah. it's pacing for that. Yes. UCF, three-and-a-half-point underdog against Cincinnati. What's going on with UCF? I mean, like, they win the game, but Cincinnati has not been good. Like, they were three-and-a-half-point favorites. We thought, yeah, John Rice, Plumlee, quarterback, they got that offense rolling again. Everything has been a grind for them. And Cincinnati with 515 total yards, much like they did against they BYU. 498 here. This was the battle of 0-5 in Big 12 play. UCF first Big 12 win ever. Man, oh, man. We totally man. did that like a month ago. We both miss on that one. Number 21, Kansas at Iowa State. Iowa State favored by two and a half. Kansas wins it by seven. Jason Bean, 80-yard touchdown pass late. First time since 2008 that Kansas has seven wins. Iowa State's really good. Um, they're going to be a tough out for BYU and Provo, especially coming off a frustrating loss to the Jayhawks. Where I mean, that was a battle. Iowa State is 5-1 uh, and scoring 21-plus. If, if BYU can hold Iowa State to 20 or fewer, I like BYU's chance. All right. A little bit of a Bronco Mendenhall theory in there. Not quite 24, but like the, princi the principle applies. Uh, you and I both said BYU would cover the 13 and a half. Against yeah, we, did, we were just barely off on that one. Just just scraped. It was my super pick. That I one. went all in. You I was like, you know what? Let's just let's go. Yeah. Jake Retzloff, that offense. Nope. Yeah. BYU's lucky not to get shut out, honestly. Yeah. 37 to 7. Hey, uh, I won 5-2. That was my biggest win of the year and a win. It's 5-3 now. I'm catching up. I'm at least making it interesting here at the end with three weeks to go. Okay. We hope BYU has a bowl game. We have another one. We'll see, though. Okay, prop picks. These are five things in the game that we try and pick. Over under 300 yards total offense. We both had over 277. I hate it so much. I know. That one sticks. Who will score first? We both picked West Virginia. Ding, ding, ding. We both ding, get that point. So it's 1-1. Over under six and a half players will catch a pass for a BYU. Uh, I had the over, you had the under. Uh, eight players caught passes, so I get it. Okay, so you're up two to one. Who will record BYU's eighth rushing attempt? <laughs> so random. I said Aiden Robbins. And you got it. <laughs> I got it. I had uh, LJ, I think, yeah. yeah. LJ was available, but didn't play. Yeah. Yeah. So. Not a, not a single. Okay, two, two. How many points will BYU score closest to the pin? <laughs> Cougar scored seven points. Again, we just referenced. They were fortunate to score the seven points late. I thought BYU was going to score in this game a little bit. So did I. I had, I had the over. I had 25. West Virginia's had defense is not great. Like, they're okay. Your offense right now going through a real issue. So. Yep. Plus at 24. You took 25 and over, and yeah, yeah. you guessed on the wrong side of that. I know, so. dude. So you win 3-2. All right. You're up 4-2 in prop. 4-2 in prop picks. I'm behind by two in both. I got I to gotta catch up here. Let's okay. Go. Okay, BYU football with Kalani Stake is coming up tomorrow night, 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TF. TV app as the coach recaps West Virginia, pushes ahead to Iowa State, second to last home game coming up Saturday. And we're going to wrap up this Monday show with a few more of your Mailbag Monday questions. All of you want to know how BYU can fix this. Well, we'll try and address that. We have every answer. <laughs> this is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Let's get to more of Mailbag Monday. Porter Larson asks on Facebook, while the season isn't done, is it time to start using these last few games to have the future guys going forward get more reps on those who have been underperforming? Future's overrated. Um, it's all about the present. Like, you need to make a bowl game. 
you need to make a bowl game. BYU's yes. not out of it yet. Like, if BYU was not going to make a bowl game, I could see that argument where you're like, no, just play Retzloff regardless of whether Slovis is healthy or whatever. That's not the case yet. Whoever gives you the best chance to win in every single game and every single position, that's who should play against Iowa State. Listen, I know BYU's a 9 or a 10-point underdog at home against Iowa State coming into the game, which is not great. Like you're, you, it makes sense, and I hate it. But if BYU can beat Iowa State, now, now you've got your six wins. Get to a bowl game and get the extra practices, and that's where you start to build your youth and the future is if you can get those extra practices. BYU is in real danger, should they not win this week, yeah, of now, losing now five in a row and not making a bowl game. This is staring BYU right in front of the face. Oklahoma and Oklahoma State are very good. Iowa State is clearly the most winning. That, that, and that's tough yeah. because, I mean, as volatile as this profession is, even at BYU, that happens, jobs are on the line, like things get really weird. It feels like there's some warm seats right now. That's the reality of it. Yeah. All right, our elite question of the day presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated comes from Dave Broderick on Facebook who says, is depth the biggest problem for the Cougs? I would argue mm, no. Good question. I would argue that it is not depth this year. Like, there are a lot of things going on, but you can't just pin, like, I'm not going to point the finger and say, well, they aren't deep enough. Maybe second or third issue. Offensive line play is where I start. Yeah, yeah, for sure, and that affects everything. You know, on run game, you can't play can't action. Run. You can't run. Your quarterback can't offense play. is built on effective running to play action. That is the offense, the pro-style offense. Jake Retzloff changes that a little bit with his style. But for Keaton Slovis, 100%. Yeah. All right, today's Rise and Shoutout presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Cook's in the NFL, so crushing good. it. Taysom Mill, TD pass and a catch. Puka breaking the Rams rookie reception record. KVN, two sacks and a forced fumble. Tyler Algier rushing touchdown. Sione Takitaki with a pick. They had a great day, and it's not over because Zach Wilson and Michael Davis going at it tonight. Guys making plays. If Michael Davis has a pick, that's a good Ooh. thing, but it's a bad thing for Zach. Zach's taking care weird. of the ball this year. He hasn't turned it over a ton. Our thanks to today's guest, ESPN's Trevor Maddich. Sorry to Dennis, we ran out of time. Check out BYUSN.com. It's all on the main. For Jerem, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Garrett 2J. We'll see you for Coordinator's Nicely Corner 2 played. Eastern, Noon Mountain. Tough questions are going to be asked. What will they answer? This is BYU. So, go Cougs. <laughs>